Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning! Diarrhea! It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Damian Lee with it. Oh, yeah. Wiggins open off a back screen. Missed him. Ball goes to the loony. Now back to Curry. Checks the clock. Seven to shoot. Working on George Hill at the logo. Drifts right. Comes back left. Step back three for a step, and it's money. Cold, hard cash. Warriors lead by nine again with a minute eight to go. Steph didn't have to do George Hill like that. <laughs> he didn't have to do George Hill like that with that step back. My goodness. If you were tuned in at 5 a.m. yesterday and you didn't hear or you didn't see Saturday's game against the Celtics and you didn't really understand why I was talking so much about Steph Curry, well, last night gave me just another reason as the Warriors are back to 500 on the year. They're 107, uh, they won 107-96 to 96 against the 76ers. Now, granted, the Sixers were shorthanded. They were without two of their all-stars in Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. Joel Embiid was really the only one out there that could do anything It felt like this entire game, it was just, all right, get the ball to Embiid in the post. Maybe we'll either get Curry or Moss or Danny Green open behind the three-point line. But other than that, we're not going to be able to do much with this starting five. So the 76ers were certainly undermanned. It did not look good. But when the Warriors need to just stack up as many wins as possible... At this time, when you're going toward the play-in game and you're looking at the standings and we're standings watching. And, you know, last night uh, the Warriors were helped by the Nuggets and not exactly helped by the Pacers. And we'll get to all that uh, later on in the show. But, man, (laughs) Steph is just unbelievable yet again. (laughs) 49 points. He made 10 threes again. The most games with 10 made three-point field goals in NBA history. Steph Curry now has 21. Klay Thompson has five. James Harden has three. Dame Lillard has three. That sort of feat right there, if that doesn't prove to you 
that Steph is the best shooter in NBA history, then I don't know what to tell you. And if that doesn't prove that he is the best point guard in the game, I don't know what else he has yet to prove. But can he be the MVP? Has he done enough? That is the main question, and that's what I want to know from you today. That's the most pressing question that I want to hear from you at 888-957-9570. Is Steph Curry the MVP? Will he win the MVP award, or does the record kind of hamper that? And we're not going to be seeing Steph win the most valuable player. But uh, 888-957-9570, that's, uh, that's what I want to get your opinion on. But good morning, everyone. Stephen Langford in with you up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you until 10. And in case you're getting into your car for the first time ever in the past three years at 5 in the morning, uh, we started this little pregame show uh, a few years ago and uh, have been doing it ever since. And I am your host of this fine program, the only one on this fine program. So welcome aboard if you haven't joined uh, already. But there's just, I mean, what more can you say about Steph and the way that he's carrying this team? It was cool last night seeing him go up against uh, Seth Curry and, 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 and basically just teaching the little brother how the older brother goes. Now, I'm not going to... Front. I mean, I'm gonna I'm not gonna sit here and think that Seth did not have a good game uh, on his own. I thought Seth played pretty admirably as well, hitting some corner threes when it was needed and doing everything that he could in order to help Joel Embiid. And I think that overall Embiid just uh, overall Curry wasn't ready to play for the Sixers. I don't know. I think he was questionable going into that game, and then he was thrusted into that uh, starting five put up 35 minutes on the floor, and did as well as he could. He knocked out three three-pointers of his own and had 15 points on the night. Uh, but it was his brother who showed out in Steph. In his last five games, Steph has averaged almost 45 points a game with 46 made threes. That's 55% from the three-point line. Let me repeat that one more time. He's averaging 45 points on 46 made threes on 55% shooting from the three-point line. That's unheard of. This dude is on a run right now with the likes that we have never seen. He is at his OPL. What the OPL is... Shout out to Mr. Jackson from Irvington High School. When I took his sports psychology class, this was something that always stuck with me, even whatever it is, 11 years later. But Steph is in his OPL, and what your OPL is, is your optimum performance level. So that's when you are just at that point where nothing can phase you. Have you ever had that moment in sports before? You know, going back all the way to whether you played T-ball in baseball or whether you played CYO basketball, whatever it is, you can go all the way back to your time in playing sports. You know that you've had that one day where everything is clicking. You've had that one day where nobody can stop you. You are the 
best player on the court, on the field, on the pitch, whatever it may be. But Steph's had 12 of those days in a row. (laughs) He has not left his optimum performance level ever since coming back from that tailbone injury. It's it's unbelievable what he's doing. It really is tough to come back here and just try and answer for it every single day. I love talking about it, and and I love watching it. I'm so glad this is my job. Steph is making it all worth it to wake up at 3 in the morning every single day and come in here uh, to do a 5 a.m. radio show for an hour. But, man, (laughs) there's only so much that you can say about this dude, and it's almost a disrespected way. Uh, to to in what you could say about him, and and here's the thing, and this is what happened with me last night. I felt the need to get on the Twitter train. You know, it felt like there had to be an obligatory Steph tweet that was going on out there, and I'm you know the whole point of sports Twitter when you're live tweeting is. Tweet something different. And quite frankly, Twitter was a lot of fun last night when Steph was just going off. And then he capped it off with that step back as uh, that I just played going into, this, uh, into the show here. But the one that I thought of and something that is always talked about is when athletes are going off in the way that Steph was last night. They call it video game mode. But I feel like that is an insult to Steph to even compare him to his own video game character. Video games can't do what he does with the consistency that he does in real life. There's no one human with a PS4, Xbox One, whatever consoles are out now. There's no one human with a control who could do things with Steph the way on a video game, the way that Steph does things in real life. I mean, (laughs) another one. Steph Curry has six games with 10 plus threes this season. No other player has more than five in their career. In their career. And I was thinking last night, because as we know, with soccer and everything that's going on there. They're trying to create a Super League. And, you know, anyone out here in America who's sitting here complaining about seventh-inning doubleheaders in baseball are trying to understand uh, the rule changes in England and don't understand why all the fans are so outraged, yet we're mad that there's seven-inning doubleheaders uh, in, in baseball now. It's because there's a big change, a massive change. But anyway, that's beside the point. I don't want to go off on that. But the one comparison that I could think of, and and I think it's one that's very apt, and that is Steph and Lionel Messi. Now, Messi, of course, got started with Barcelona. Barcelona, I like saying it like that. I know it's kind of pompous, but it's fun. Barcelona. And he got started when he was young, right? He was like 16 years old when he got started. But... Continuing on through his age 33 season, he's had the highest of highs, right? 
Now he hasn't won the World Cup with Argentina. That's uh, I mean that's really the highest that he could go, but that that time's kind of passed now. That's just unfortunate. But he has had all the success in the world with Barcelona, Barcelona in the Champions League, in La Liga, in everything. Right? And they always had the the El Clasico and uh with with Real Madrid and you know Messi would sometimes come out on top, Ronaldo would sometimes come out on top, whoever it may be, but Messi's always remained consistent and has always remained one of the most unique soccer players in history because of his size, because of his speed, and how well he can read the game. But Steph is very similar in that fashion because Steph revolutionized it with the three-pointer, and he has ultimately gone above and beyond anyone else because they've all tried to replicate what he's doing, and people have tried to replicate Messi in soccer, but no one can because there is no one like Steph. And it's the same with Messi. There is no one like Messi. That's just it. There's nobody like them. So I feel like if there's going to be two athletes that you can compare them to, you don't even want to don't even need to stick to American sports. You got to go all the way to Spain, to Barcelona in order to make the comparison. You got to go out of the country. But he absolutely willed the Warriors to that win yesterday. Although you got to give the props to Looney. Kevon Looney last night starting in that game, he was awesome. Because his primary role, now he only had five points, so if you're looking at the box score, you're thinking, and you didn't watch, you're thinking, what, what, Kavon Looney, what'd he do? Well, his primary target was dart, was guarding Joel Embiid, and I thought he did a very admirable job of that last night. No matter how much Embiid was trying to back him down, dude's over seven feet, and he's just an absolute monster on the court. Um, he was only one for three from three, by the way, which is uh, something that should be monitored, but... 11 of his 28 points were made from the free throw line. Other than that, he knocked down 17, one of which was a three. So really, any of the two-pointers that he had, you do that math, it's about 14 points as far as two-pointers go. And Joel Embiid can do it all from the post. He can hit some fadeaway jumpers. He can really do it all. He's the type that's going to face up on you and just hit one right in your face because you can't block it since he's so big. But I thought Kevon Looney did an excellent job on him, and not just Kevon Looney, but the rest of the team as Draymond, I mean, Kent Bazemore, Andrew Wiggins at times would go to double him, and it would be the right move to make. So the way that they guarded Embiid, plus with the way that Steph was going off, I mean, that was just a, a well-played game. Now, again, I remember they're without Ben Simmons. They're without uh, Tobias Harris. So they were missing a couple of their key pieces. And quite frankly, if they did have those guys, it would have been a completely different game. I can guarantee you that because they didn't have anyone on the court who could actually get to the rim uh, from their starting five. But nevertheless, a win is a win, and you need to stack them up as we move forward toward the play-in tournament. But 888 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. I am missing out on the one most important stat 
from last night, the most impressive thing about Steph Curry knocking down not only 10 threes, but also having 49 points on the night. He's in some elite company with what he did. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Stephen Lightfoot on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Step off a screen. Right sideline fades and fires. He got another one! <laughs> Steph Curry! He's on a different level. He's playing in a different universe than the rest of the NBA. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. It's 520, everybody. And happy 420. Good morning. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game, leading you up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you until 10. That was really the dagger from last night as they made it 101 to 92. And Steph was just, is just give him a ball and get out the way. And that's the most amazing thing about what he's doing, not just with, you know, all these records that he's breaking. And I'll get to the most impressive one, but it's not only just that, it's understanding that these defenses are playing him different, that they're doubling him every time. Now, just look at the difference. Look at the difference when you got two teams who are undermanned. Um, at least their rosters aren't that great because the Sixers, they were without Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. So they're rolling out, you know, for Con Maz and Seth Curry, who actually uh, didn't play terribly, uh, you know, I mean, Danny Green and Mike Scott, that's really the starting five that you're rolling out there. Now, that wasn't always the starting five. Uh, that was just to be the beginning of the game. But Matisse Thybul, he was in for a lot of time. Shake Milton, uh, George Hill all coming off the bench, as well as Dwight Howard. But you're playing with a bunch of dudes who aren't necessarily conventional starters. Now, that's who Joel Embiid was playing with. And a majority of the time, when Embiid would get into the post, the Warriors would do a good job as Kevon Looney was taking him one-on-one. The Warriors would do a good job of doubling him. Now, granted, Embiid's the king of getting to the free throw line, so he got his, and he managed to knock down 11 of his 14 free throws, and that counted toward his 28 points. And then he also had one three, so really... You take the free throws, you take that one three away. He really only had 14 points scored from the two-point line, from mid-range, from the two-point line, from mid-range, right? And he was double-teamed that entire time. Well, think about Steph. Steph was double-teamed that entire game, and he's been double-teamed on this entire run that he's been on, and yet he still manages to find a way to get his points and knock down 49. 10 made threes yet again. And we've been down the list of all the records that he's broken as far as three-pointers and the fact that he has 21 games with 10 or or more made three-pointers in his career. 
but the fact that he also has six this season and no one else has five in their career. But here's another one. Steph Curry breaks Kobe Bryant's record with his 11th straight 30-point game. The dude has not cooled off since coming back from that tailbone injury. 32, 36, 37, 41, 32, 38, 53, 42, 33, 47, 49. Those are the points scored since coming back, and that's what's led us to these texts here at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. I asked a simple question. Did that make Steph the lock for the MVP, or does the standing in the Western Conference still have something to do with it? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. I think uh, getting into the playoffs might be a little more important, and that's kind of a foreshadowing as to what my answer is. But from the 707, this is from Mikey Dubs. Who's hotter, headband clay or butt pad Steph? <laughs> from the 707, also different number. I think Steph needs to keep the butt pad on until he cools off. It's obviously got special powers in it or something. <laughs> that's actually what he says in his post-game presser. Yeah, that's what he says. He mentions that his butt pad has powers. Is that really what we're... That is the worst nickname ever for a guy who is on a historic tear. Not only in basketball, in sports. I don't know if there's been a hotter run in sports than the one that Steph is on. But bro, <laughs> calling him butt pad Steph? <laughs> that's, oh, man. It's like because headband clay was named because he made those 14 three-pointers in the game and he had to put the headband on because he started bleeding. (laughs) It's like butt-pad Steph. That's too much. From the 574, if Mike Trout gets to be the consider for the MVP every single year with the abysmal Angels team, Steph Curry gets to be considered for the MVP while dragging the Warriors across the finish line. But Mike Trout doesn't win the MVP every single year. It does go to other players. And that's just in the American League. Right? The National League has a bunch of different guys. And if you go down the National League MVP, I mean, you can I can guarantee you that a lot of them are just on playoff caliber teams. And that's where I'm at with the MVP discussion. Of course, Steph deserves <laughs> to get MVP. Look what he's doing. How can anyone... Knock what he's doing right now. But unfortunately, records do have to be taken into account, and there's still a long way to go in the season. I mean, not that long in the grand scheme of things, but double digit games is still double digit games. Right? They're 29 and 29 on the season. They've had 58. They still got 14 games left. And if he continues on this streak that he's on it's going to be a shock when he doesn't score 30 points in a game and last night you can thank the Denver Nuggets for beating the Memphis Grizzlies in overtime and man that was a close one I thought John Morant was close to having this uh, uh, put back dunk to seal the game and I thought it was going to uh, but it didn't end up happening Uh, and actually excuse me it went to double OT but um, the Grizz right now are in the eighth spot they're at 29 and 27. The Warriors are in the nine spot. They're at 29 and 29. They're a game back. 
and the Mavs have lost two straight. So actually, uh, the Grizzlies are within contention to get that seventh spot. And the Blazers are up two games ahead of the Mavs. So really, it's Mavs, Grizzlies, Warriors, and then the Spurs. The Pelicans have lost three straight. They're kind of losing it. But the Spurs got another win, and they've lost two straight. They they beat the Pacers last night. But if the Warriors get into that play-in game, and it is a regular season award. It absolutely is. But I would think that based on... The history and, you know, even though Russell Westbrook is the one we always point to, he did average a triple-double and his team won 40-something games that year. It's, you know, he's still, it was still pretty noteworthy as far as what the team did. But if the Warriors fall out of that play-in spot for some reason and they manage to get the uh, 11th seed, which is more and more likely not happening, they're probably going to get that 10th. I would think that Steph absolutely deserves it. I think it would because, after all, it is a regular season award, and I do want to. And I do think that last night the five one zero is making a very, very good point. But from the five one zero, if Jokic didn't get forty seven, then he may have gained ground. Really, what he is doing is establishing himself as a legend, and that's not so bad. Look, Steph does not need the MVP this year. He does not need it. We've seen him win two in a row when the Warriors were one of the best teams that the NBA had ever seen. We'd seen him win one when it was crucial, right? But now, we do want to look back on the record books and think that the MVP is what's going to help that legacy. But I think if you go back and really look at the streaks, and you're a true basketball fan... And you go back and think that Steph Curry broke Kobe Bryant's record for most consecutive games with 30 or more points. And you look back on it, you're going to think, oh, well, he did that in a season where at best they could be seventh in the Western Conference. That's insane. And, you know, we always want our athletes, especially guys like Steph, who are so important to uh, the community, to just the Warriors franchise as a whole. We always want those guys to get their flowers. But what's most important right now is, and I'm seeing this just across social media and across the Warriors fan base, I do think that Warriors fans understand how special this dude is and nationally, He's getting that run. He is becoming there, there. There's no. He's becoming appointment television. There is no player in the NBA right now that any fan would rather watch than Steph. As soon as he knocks down that first three, you know it's on. You absolutely know it's on. Butt pad, Steph. <laughs> I can't believe that that's the nickname we're going with with all this going on. For the 925, there's always this. Not impressive. Jordan would have scored 50, 50 in this game. Sorry. Rules. What? See, that text doesn't make sense. If you're going to if you're going to come at Steph and try to knock what he's doing and just say Jordan would have done better, at least send a better text than that. Come on. 
Give me something to read here. 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. To you, what do you think? Did Steph put himself at the top of the MVP ladder after his performance against the 76ers last night? 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. And also... Something happened last night in the world of sports that's not going to get nearly enough run and is not going to be talked about nearly enough in the future. But something else happened, and it involved the San Jose Sharks. We'll also get to that as well. 888-957-9570. Stephen Lankford in the on pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Damian Lee with it. Oh, yeah, Wiggins open off a back screen, missed him. Ball goes in the loony. Now back to Curry. Checks the clock. Seven to shoot. Working on George Hill at the logo. Drifts right. Comes back left. Step back three for a step. And it's money. Cold, hard cash. Warriors lead by nine again with a minute eight to go. Poor George Hill. <laughs> when, when everyone decides that they need to tune in because they're on Twitter and they're seeing that Steph is going crazy... One of the final threes of the game is his step back over George Hill. Just absolutely left them at the free throw line when Steph was at the top of the key. That was ridiculous. Everything that he was doing was ridiculous. This entire tear has been ridiculous. From the 707, change that song that was stuck in your head to Steph's version of shoot. There it is. Shoot. There it is. Now, I got a new one that's in my head. And... I think that I could do you one better on that one. Instead of saying, shoot, there it is, even though that's a really good one. But right now, I just go with the simple and three and three and three and three and three and three. If anyone has seen that tax commercial. And three and three and three and three and three. <laughs> I mean, that's all you could really say uh, when it comes to Steph Curry. And look, we'll get back to what happened in last night's game and the fact that the Warriors right now are an incredibly tight Western Conference play-in race, uh, but I did want to uh, I did want to mention this because last night or yesterday, excuse me, was a really cool moment for the Sharks, as we all know. Patrick Marlowe, you know, had a, a you know started off with the Sharks in the late nineties. Came back and, you know, just was on an absolute tear after having a down year in, what, like 2007? Then he came back in 2008, 2009, and never scored less than 30 goals uh, in a season since uh, at that point for their stretch run there. But he broke Gordie Howe's record and played in his 1,768th career game against the Vegas Golden Knights breaking Gordie Howe's record. And much like Steph with the three-point records and everything that he's been doing, the points that he's scoring, you know, breaking uh, Wilt Chamberlain's record for all-time Warriors scoring, he's doing it in less games than a lot of these guys are, especially the three-point records, though. And Patrick Marlowe took 23 seasons to beat Gordie Howe's record when Gordie Howe played for 26. So 
three more seasons for Gordie Howe, and that's not to take away anything uh, from Mr. Hockey there. But Mr. San Jose Shark, it was his night. Had an incredibly emotional uh, pregame press conference. And then when he was talking to Drew Remenda, who was on NBC Sports last night, when Drew Remenda asked Patrick Marlowe why he continues to come back to the game, listen to this response. What keeps you coming to the rink? I just love it. There's nothing else like it. So, uh, that, Look, Patrick Marlowe does not show emotion. If you have ever watched a Sharks game before and you've seen this dude with the C on his shoulder and he's sitting on the bench, doesn't even look like he's opened his mouth during an entire game. Doesn't show much emotion. But seeing that last night, seeing him show just the passion that he has for the game and it truly means something to him and really toward the end of the game I thought they I thought he was going to get a goal in overtime because in the final couple of minutes in the third period he was real close but no cigar then of course the game ended up in the shootout but um shout out to Patrick Marlowe and also shout out to the Golden Knights I don't like the Knights you know look I don't like them they're they're the Sharks kind of unofficial rival at this point, even though they've been in the league only for a couple of seasons. But, look, I don't like the Knights, but the way that they handled it last night and uh, the ceremony and, you know, congratulating him and all the Knights lining up uh, on the ice just to shake Marlowe's hand at the end of the game, that's something that doesn't happen until playoff time when they shake each other's hands. But this one... Um, it clearly meant a lot, and you know they they celebrated it correctly. So shout out to uh, shout out to Patrick Marlowe. And by the way, <laughs> if you if you get a chance, just go look at. Uh, you can go on the Sharks Instagram. You could search that up, or just search up Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, and you'll see the first video that pops up. I forgot who the other player on the Maple Leafs was. That's uh, that was uh, giving a congratulations post to Marlowe. But it was Austin Matthews and another player whose name is escaping me right now. But Joe Thornton is walking in the background, and all he's got on is a mask. It's blurred out, obviously, but he's acting as if he's checking his hockey, his, his hockey stick and wrapping it with tape. But he's also got the mask on at the same time, and he's naked in the background. It's just, it's classic Joe Thornton. Classic Joe Thornton. All right. Shout out to Patrick Marlowe, but let's also get back to a guy who was breaking records and just continues to do so. It feels like every single night, at least for the past few games, but let's get back to talking about Steph. Steph off a screen. Right sideline fades and fires. He got another one! (laughs) Steph Curry! He's on a different level. He's playing in a different universe than the rest of the NBA. Now, I do think that Steph is absolutely deserving of the MVP because he just showed up Joel Embiid. But I don't think it's solidified yet. I don't think it's solidified yet. I think these next two games are just as important as this one against the Sixers. You know, because if 
if Joel Embiid were with Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons, it could have been a different story. He probably could have got more open looks. They wouldn't have had the luxury of being able to double-team Embiid and just leaving guys on the corner and really just letting Cork Moss or Danny Green or Seth Curry beat you. They had the luxury of being able to double-team Embiid a majority of that game. If Simmons and Harris were in there, they wouldn't have been able to do that because Ben Simmons is an absolute force on offense as well as defense, great two-way player. And Tobias Harris, when he gets going, he's like a microwave. He'll just heat up, and you don't want to leave him open at all. So it would have been a completely different game. But these next two, this one in Washington against the Wizards, that's tomorrow to close out this road trip, to come back and beat the team that beat you on that last second corner three by Bradley Beal last time, I think Steph's got to have another great game there. But more importantly, he's got to have a good game against the Nuggets on the Friday. Because they're back home, they're playing the Denver Nuggets, and Nikola Jokic right now is also right up there with the MVP. And I know that they already made their mark in the standings and put themselves in a good enough position in order to... Uh, get into the playoffs and not really run the risk of having a play-in game. But right now, the Nuggets are the fourth seed. They've won three straight. We know what happened with Jamal Murray. And Jokic is also <laughs> leading them to the playoffs. Jokic with 47 last night, beating the Grizzlies in double OT. So really, to me, it's past Embiid now depending on how Embiid does for the rest of the season, you never know. But right now, to me, it would probably be Jokic, then Steph, then Embiid, just realistically looking at where they're at when it comes to the playoffs. Because, look, I get that he should be the MVP as to what he's doing because he's doing something that's unprecedented. It's unlike anything that we've ever seen before, but you never know what can happen in these final 14 games or whatever it is that they got to close out the season. For the 510, this is interesting. Blah, blah, blah. If we had Clay, it would be a completely different game. Hey, if they had Clay, who knows if Steph Curry would even need to go on this tear? Because right now, a big reason for it is sure, he's doing it with a bunch of uh, guys who aren't exactly the most talented scorers. I mean, Andrew Wiggins is the number two right now, and they actually finally got Kelly Oubre back, and he came off the bench last night, and I mean, he went up for the two-handed dunk. I didn't know if he was looking at his wrist, at his left wrist, that he's hurt because he was in pain, or because he's just looking at it. Because as soon as he got on the court, he dunked it with two hands. I didn't know which one, but then he knocked down the free throw, so I felt like it was okay. But I don't know if Steph would feel the need to go on this type of tear if Clay were in the game. I don't know if he'd feel the need to exert this type of energy. So we can go back and forth on that if this guy were in there, if this guy were in there, if this guy were in there. But I do believe that if Clay were back in this game, uh, if Clay were in it, you know, who knows if he would be going on the tear that he's on right now because he is the only guy that can score. And this is the most important part to me. Forget the MVP, right? We've seen Steph win two in a row. It's great. We've seen him win championships. We've seen him do it all. But the thing to me that I really like, and this is what the 209 is pointing out here, 
The 209 asked the question, is Curry getting better? And that's the most important thing to, to me right now because he's 33 years old and it feels like we are seeing the best version of Steph that we have seen. This stretch of games since coming back from the tailbone injury is the best Steph, in my opinion, that I, I that personally I've watched. Just of how consistent he's been. Breaking records. I mean, he's already got six games this year where he's made ten or more threes. No one else in their career has five. He broke Kobe Bryant's record of the most consecutive games with 30 or more points scored. Down the stretch here and going forward, I think that this, to me, signals that they got to give him an extension, give him whatever he wants, because he would be absolutely worth it. He'd be absolutely worth it. Forget the MVP, forget all of that sort of stuff. But the fact that Steph shows no sign of slowing down and you're expecting him to be the leader as the Warriors go on and try to create kind of a new generation for the franchise and you want Steph to leave it in good hands. I mean, this dude appears to just still be on a tear and shows no sign of stopping. And I think that's what's most promising for me uh, as we're watching it. But Let's get to what Steph had to say uh, after the game. And he said a variety of things, spoke on a lot of things. But I got one before and after we do, uh, after we play a little bit of Steph, I got one thing from last night that's just as impressive as any of these records that he's put up, any of these stats that he's put up. But here's Steph talking about last night and just whether he's aware that he's on this historic run that he's on. I mean, from Wilts last week and then this, this streak, I'm obviously aware, but it's, you don't put too much pressure on yourself. You just play basketball. I think for the first time in that third quarter, I started to press a little bit down the stretch and they started to pick up the intensity on the ball and rush a couple shots. But for the most part, I've just settled into just having fun, you know, being aggressive, obviously, but kind of letting the game come to you. For me, that looks that looks a certain type of way, but I'm having a, a blast out there just playing basketball, and it's obviously working. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Going back to Saturday night's game when he puts up that three-pointer, even though he was meaning to get fouled and somehow still gets it in with his left hand as he's falling down. I mean, the dude just exudes fun. He doesn't complain to the refs most of the time. He doesn't he doesn't show any sign that any negative sign about him that shows he's out of the game, that he's just lost all confidence, that he's not gonna try anymore. We've seen that from superstars before, especially ones who would play with a team like this Warriors team who could get in the playoffs through a play-in tournament, but ultimately aren't expected to do much when they get into the playoffs. But, hey, right now, I don't think anybody wants to see Steph. I don't think anybody would want to see Steph in the playoffs right now. He's the scariest player in the NBA. Uh, Steph continued, and he just talked about his energy and how he manages to keep it up for the entirety of these games when he's continuing to score the way that he's scoring. Here's Steph. Been blessed 
with a certain skill set and approach to the game that I've worked on year after year after year. And, you know, that work does pay off. The summers are hard. Like, they're the hardest times of the year because I really build up that intensity and have a certain program that gets me in shape and gets me ready to sustain that over the course of the season. You know, with the staff here, Brandon Payne, who's been with me for the last 10 years. So all those things come out during the season because I, I put the time in. Nobody really sees it besides my, my crew, but that is uh, that's what I rely on to be myself you know, throughout the course of the season. And it seems like just the fact that he knows that he has to be the guy, that it's solely on him, it just shows the type of player that he is when he's performing uh, under the pressure that he's performing under. Speaking of which, last night there was a great slate of games. I mean, you had the Suns and the Bucks who went to overtime, and Giannis wasn't able to be in because uh, he hurt his ankle by the looks of it in the fourth quarter and then wasn't able to go into overtime, but the Suns ended up winning uh, because of a crazy play at the end where Devin Booker got up for a shot and didn't get it off in time, but they called it a foul. And with .3 seconds left on the clock, he ended up shooting a couple of free throws and then winning the game for the Suns. That was pretty insane. But listen to these three-point totals from yesterday's slate of games. Now, Steph was 10 of 17, had 49 points. Now, as a team, Cavs made five threes. The Pistons, they made 10. Celtics, they made 10. The Bulls, they made 11. The Spurs and the Pacers, they made 8. The Rockets had 9. The Wizards had 10. The Bucks had 11. Now the Grizzlies and the Nuggets and then the Jazz and the Lakers both had more than 10. But point being, he was either tied or beating a majority of the teams in three-pointers made from yesterday's slate of games. That's just nuts. Now we saw it last week that he had more total three-pointers last week then the Magic, the Cavs, all of these other teams combined. I believe the Thunder were on there as well. The Wizards were on that list. But he's just doing things that I mean, you can only say so much uh, all about this. But also, one of the fun things about last night, and it's got to be a dream because, look, I had an older brother, you know, and we never really uh, we never played against each other. In you know baseball, basketball, whatever it w- whatever it may be, um, because you know he's a few years older than I am, and obviously we didn't make it uh, to the pros. You know, I mean, if you if you look at both of us, we're not exactly uh, pillars of athleticism, but we got great hand eye coordination, and that's what made us such good baseball players. But we never played in the pros, and I can't imagine what that must feel like for Steph to play against his brother, but I also can't imagine what it feels like for his younger brother to get beat the way that he was beat from Steph. I mean, it kind of just... When Seth looked up at one of the threes that he made over him, and I'll play it right here, but when Seth looked up and saw it go in, he must have just been like, are you kidding me? I mean, he's really got to do this right now. Right on top of the logo, which is in his range. Waits for Poole. Poole flashes by. So it's Curry on Curry. The backyard battle. Steph fades. Fires over Seth. It's good with a three at the buzzer to end the first quarter. And the Warriors and the Sixers will start the second all tied 
at 24. <laughs> it's like that was the first highlight that drew people uh, to the game. That was right at the end of the first quarter where he shakes and bakes his brother, goes one-on-one. I mean, there's only so much that you can do to defend Steph at that point. It wasn't as bad as what he did to George Hill uh, in the fourth quarter. But here's what Steph had to say after the game regarding playing uh, against his brother, Seth. Absolutely. I, every single time he disarms me and gets under my skin, especially in that first, you know, five, six minutes, I couldn't couldn't figure it out. And he came out with that look. He got one right in my face in the, on the wing. And it was just like old times. I always love the opportunity to play. I mean, we're both in the NBA playing against each other, creating memories. It's special. It's not, nothing to take for granted. You know, thankfully, I figured it out down the stretch. But that first quarter was rough because he made it. He made it rough. It's just so fun to watch. It's so fun to watch. But look, regardless of MVP, I do think that he jumped ahead of Joel Embiid in the MVP ladder, if that's what you want to call it. But what Jokic is doing with the Nuggets right now can't go unnoticed. They've won three straight, and he capped it off with a 47-point night, absolutely willing their team to a better seed in the playoffs and better standings most likely means better odds of winning the MVP. But what Steph's doing is just unprecedented, so it might be a little unfair. But he has to go in these next two games, the one against the Wizards, to close out the road trip tomorrow, and then you got the one at home against the Nuggets on Friday. I think that's going to be the game where we can truly, truly make the case for Steph as the most valuable player. And I got people on the text line here comparing him to Lance Armstrong at his peak and Tiger Woods at their peak, of course, before their falls. Please, no skeletons in the closet. (laughs) There'd be nothing left to believe in. That's from the 510. That's very true. But the comparison that I make, and granted, they've had a little bit of different careers because Lionel Messi's been doing it for so long, but that's the comparison to me. Both 33 years old, both playing at an extremely high level. And, you know, Barcelona's never going to be out of it because, after all, they're Barcelona. But the Warriors, even with the fact that they're right now the ninth seed in the Western Conference, it could be worse. It could be way worse. And the fact that they're kind of undersized, don't really look all that threatening, aren't incredibly flashy, you know, it's kind of like the the Cristiano Ronaldo and the Messi comparison. It's almost like that to LeBron and Steph. Almost. Almost like it. Not exactly like it, but almost like it in that Ronaldo's way more flashy, cries to the refs a lot, whereas Messi is way more technical and just keeps to himself for the most part and stays composed. I think that Steph and Leo Messi for their respective sports are are, are quite similar uh, when you really look at it. But that's going to be doing it uh, for the show today. Coming up next, the morning roast with Kate Scott, Bonte Hill, and Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. Shout out to Patrick Marlowe again, his 1,768th career game, beating Gordie Howe's record, and he did it all within the span of... 23 seasons compared to Gordie Howe's 26. So that's just insane what Marlowe did. So shout out to him. It was a close one against the Knights. But coming up on the morning roast, Boomer Esiason going to be joining him at 7.15. Bruce Frazier at 8.20. And Jordan Matthews going to be coming up. And we know that Jordan Matthews was catching passes from Trey Lance yesterday. So going to be a big show for the morning roast. Tune into them now.